It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, it's James Creppy with the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and welcome back to another edition of the Ducks Confidential Podcast. It's been a minute, uh, but we had uh, a reason behind it, and that is we uh, wanted to hold off, one, until there was a little bit more uh, information in fall camp, uh, so that we were not just uh, taking things at face value. We had a little bit more by way of context. We talked to more coaches. We talked to more players. Got a little bit closer to the season, and obviously, uh, the excitement is quite high as the season is just over a week away. Uh, so we'll go into uh, the latest there. We'll go over uh, the depth chart a little bit as we currently project it and uh, believe it to be. It is not a uh, solidified document by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but again, we since we've not been at practice, we were given a little bit more time. One, just to have a little bit more by way of context. And secondly, uh, because we knew we were going to be launching this new uh, exciting product offering uh, and content offering to you folks and wanted to be able to detail it a little bit more uh, on the day it launched. And that is uh, the Oregonian College Insider, which is a subscription service we launched today uh, on this Thursday. And this is going to be uh, all-encompassing for both the Ducks and the Beavers. Uh, that's so that if you are a fan of one or... I would hope for just one, quite frankly. It'd be awfully hard to be a fan of both uh, in this state, I would think. But I'm I'm sure somebody out there um, probably tries to walk that fine line. But be that as it may, if you're a fan of one and, uh, you know, obviously not not too much of a fan of the other, but nevertheless are, you know, tangentially interested, uh, it would be all of our college sports content, all of our written material, behind uh, you know a part of this service uh, and no not every single thing that we write uh, and by we it's myself it's Nick Daschle uh, certainly some other pieces will be coming along the way from whether it's Ken Go or John Canzano Aaron Fentress Joe Freeman you know the rest of the Oregonian sports staff Andrew Nemec and recruiting uh, and the like so certainly lots of material will be coming along the way uh, from all of us and we will have certain subscriber exclusive uh, daily content on a regular basis, you know, daily basis, basically during the heart of not only the upcoming football season here, but throughout basketball season. And you know, it's gonna, it's obviously a strange time in that uh, we're all dealing with uh, the pandemic. We know that there is the possibility for, if not probability, for disruption uh, to the sports landscape, as there has been for the better part. Already for the last seven and a half months, uh, while we have seen professional sports come back 
across the country and the NBA resume in the bubble uh, and the Blazers make their nice run and then come to a close and the Lakers win an NBA championship. The NHL have its bubble environment in Canada and the Tampa Bay Lightning win a Stanley Cup championship. Baseball have a, a bridge season and reach the climax with the Dodgers winning a uh, World Series championship just earlier this week and obviously the NFL return, but all of them had some degree of hiccups, uh, some. Uh, some of them were much, much smaller uh, with the fully bubbled environments with the NBA and the NHL, but we know that that's not going to happen in college uh, by way of the bubble environments. We know that because of that, there is going to be the possibility and probability for disruption. We've seen it already in some of the leagues that have returned. Uh, we know that that is definitely a I would say at least a possibility, if not a strong possibility. We've seen it just this past weekend at Oregon where five positive antigen tests uh, caused the cancellation of Oregon's second fall camp scrimmage, and then those tests were subsequently deemed false positives upon subsequent PCR tests, the more sensitive, more accurate, uh, but one, more costly, and two, uh, more time-consuming and processing uh, tests. But nevertheless, the good news is none of the young people impacted, none of the players impacted were sick uh, in the end, and none of them had uh, COVID-19. So that is the overarching positive of the whole situation, that the systems and protocols worked, that the individuals were not sick. Having said that, there is there an impact to the team, an impact to the team operations in the short term? Yes, but was Oregon prepared for that? And is every team probably in the country prepared for that? Yeah. So... We mentioned all that in context, uh, again, for some of the detail of our new Oregonian College Insider uh, subscription service that we are launching today. As I say, that will include plenty of daily written pieces uh, for myself and Nick Dashel predominantly, and then again, many others uh, on our sports staff along the way on all things Ducks and Beavers, uh, recruiting, football, men's basketball, women's basketball. And certainly on the duck side, when we get into uh, baseball and softball season as well, we'll get into that. The service will be seven ninety nine per month, and it will include not only access to uh, those who are subscribing to uh, for the written content and written word. There will be two email newsletters per week, specifically for subscribers. Uh, that will be part of the offering. We will also have uh, a text message service available uh, and this is something that uh, is rather exciting uh, as a product offering and uh, content offering to readers uh, and to subscribers specifically this is uh, quite unique and if you are a subscriber you'll be directed and given instructions for how to uh, gain access to and sign up for uh, our text updates conversation with both myself and, and Nick Dashel. And as I say, uh, for those of you who uh, send me lots of emails uh, and those of you who uh, slide into my direct messages uh, on Twitter in particular, I've already uh, kind of given a, a slight heads up, didn't get into all the details, was not uh, spilling the beans, uh, but was saying, hey, you know, you should be on the lookout for something here in the next couple of days. We're going to be, you know, offering uh, something you might be interested in. Uh, I'll be very much directing all you folks who, who love engaging with me uh, in, in some of those areas. Uh, would love to continue that conversation. Would also love uh, if you obviously join us as an Oregonian College Insider subscriber 
and then uh, the text message conversation is included in the $7.99 per month. So we are doing it where everything is under one roof. You get access to all of our written content. And again, uh, we are certainly not putting 100% of the written content for subscribers only. Uh, yes, will a significant amount of it be? Absolutely. But you know how much? I, again, I haven't thought we, we, we were launching today. I would be uh, disingenuous to say there is a hard and fast number to any of this. But obviously, uh, we very much want to uh, cater to and uh, uh, dedicate our attention to uh, our subscribing audience and appreciate our subscribing audience to uh, first address the uh, natural question that will be there for those of you who are already uh, subscribers and digital subscribers to the Oregonian uh, as as it stands. Uh, one, thank you very much uh, for supporting the Oregonian and, and being digital subscribers. You will already have and continue to have access to the Oregonian College Insider because the full digital subscription to the Oregonian uh, and Oregon Live is for $10 a month. Uh, that is a obviously at a greater not a great greater price, excuse me, easy for me to say. Uh, so you will have access to uh, the College Insider material as well. That will be one and the same for you. You'll have access to everything, so nothing changes for you. And if you would like to sign up for the text message service, I believe you folks will also be receiving uh, the directive for how to go about doing that uh, to join in on the subtext uh, text messaging operation and join in in that conversation. And it's not going to only be uh, a back and forth, though that will certainly be a significant piece uh, of it. We certainly love engaging with uh, readers and subscribers. That's a big part of of this uh, and, and the engagement side of it and have heard from some of our colleagues across the country who already have uh, some aspects of, of what we're uh, launching here today up and running uh, in their markets and with uh, the teams and fan bases that uh, the teams they cover and the fan bases they engage with uh, and hear really great stuff uh, here just how uh, interactive it can be how constructive it can be and the, the beauty of it is is that so we will send and by we I send you know me and uh, Nick Dashell will each send uh, at least one, uh, even in the slowest of times, but we'll send periodic text messages throughout the course of the day. It may be right after we post a story. Uh, it's not going to be every single story that we post. We'll, we'll drop in the text uh, conversation. Uh, most of them, most of them, but we'll use it to direct you to stories that we write and publish. We will use it to uh, give you quick updates uh, as a subscriber and you have access to that uh, service. It's not going to be uh, a race necessarily to throw everything up there on Twitter uh, instantly. You know, of course, is certain things uh, in part of the course of reporting going to be there? Absolutely. Um, where, where anybody and everybody could get it? Absolutely. But there is going to be certain morsels, certain information, uh, maybe even some breaking news, frankly, that we will dedicate to and direct to our subscribers first. Uh, and you'll be getting it first via the subtext text messaging uh, service, which again is included in the $7.99 per month uh, package of the Oregonian College Insider is the uh, text message uh, service that is included under the one umbrella price. Along with it, again, the two email newsletters per week, two subscribers only. And as I say, certainly the substantial portion of uh, <laughs> of content that we'll be producing, all of all of the subscription only content we'll be producing, you'll be able to have access to. And the text message side of it, 
we'll send those texts. We'll give it to you. Uh, you know, the information directed that way. And if you've got questions, we'll, we'll pose questions to you, uh, on each side. It's not going to just be, we want to hear from all of you at one time. We, you know, sometimes it'll be me asking ducks fans. Sometimes it'll be Nick asking beavers fans. Sometimes it'll be us asking all of you, you know, a, a overarching question at once. Certainly it's going to be awfully interesting the week that Oregon and Oregon State play uh, in football this season. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving will be, uh, I think, rather amusing uh, on there. So as long as everybody can keep things uh, at a level of decorum, that should be pretty fun. So, again, I just wanted to inform you about it a bit before we get into all things from fall camp and uh, really drill down into everything with the Ducks. wanted to get into uh, and share with you some detail into uh, the or- Oregonian college insider that we are launching today this subscription service for $7.99 a month and the natural question of what is all included again it would be for all of our digital content everything where we will have content from a daily basis there will be something up uh, from the sports staff on a daily basis throughout football season certainly the goal is to continue that throughout uh, the entire uh, college sports year quite frankly uh, a lot of our analytical pieces certainly and it but it, uh, an example just to just to cite an example for folks of saying what exactly is it what are you going to do what do you you know what are you going to put behind is it all going to be there for instance uh, I do live coverage from Mario Cristobal's press conferences, albeit now everything is a Zoom conference, and uh, I'm sure many of you who have that in your line of work are as sick of it as I am <laughs> in some areas, uh, but that is the way of the world now. Uh, that will continue. I'll still have the live updates. Uh, I will still be trying my darndest to transcribe and, and get some of the nuggets out there from those as fast as possible. Now, those will be there, to be clear, and those will not be uh, – for subscribers only, obviously, on Oregon Live. Now, those will be there. Now, how I choose to balance that in terms of I will have multiple windows open at a time. So for the text message audience, you know, there may be certain takeaways. So the live updates of the press conference, all right, that's got to get updated and typed out very, very quickly and briefly. Um, and that will be for everybody because after all, you could listen to the press conference perhaps on radio, or you might be able to watch the video yourself. Not that long thereafter, the live updates is just basically a, a very quick response, uh, for those who are unable to listen live, unable to watch live. Um, if you're on your phone, if you're, you know, if you're away, if you're at home, if you're on the couch, whatever the case is, you don't have access to necessarily do that. It's a way for, you know, giving people that information. Tagging with that, though, the text message saying, you say, okay, here was what was done and said originally in as quick, rapid form as I can do in real time. Uh, and yes, I do go back subsequently and provide a transcript for the times that I can. But for the text message audience, you may have questions that you want asked of Mario or the players after a game or during a game week. And again, or, you know, and the same could go for, for Beavers fans with Jonathan Smith or Oregon State players. We want this to be uh, a, a obviously a direct conversation between yourself and us. This is not a group text where you text us and uh, all the other people with access to the text uh, service have to see what you say. Uh, you text us, we respond to you directly. As long as things are kept on the uh, up and up and nobody, you know, we can appreciate some humor. Again, these are private messages, but let's not, uh, you know, devolve this thing here. 
But again, heading into a press conference and the game during a game week or maybe right after a game even, you could pose the question to our subscribers via the text message service and say, okay, what were your thoughts on the game? What would you, what do you want to hear? What do you want to know from Coach Cristobal, from Coach Smith, from the quarterback, from C.J. Verdell, from you name it, um, Kayvon Thibodeau, whoever we might be talking to after the game. Again, in a Zoom world, it's a little bit different um, to in terms of predictability of, of some of the players we might get, but you know you're going to get the coaches. So point is, Live updates would be something that, no, that's not going to be for subscribers only. Obviously, all the readers of Oregon Live have access to that now. They will continue to do so going forward. But, hey, here are initial takeaways from the press conference. Here are initial takeaways from the game heading into the press conference. And, by the way, what do you want to know? And I'm not promising anything. Maybe we ask the question that you want to ask because we weren't necessarily thinking of it. And maybe we ask the question you want to ask because it's the obvious question that everybody wants the answer to. I'm not promising anything. I don't know. I, you know, we have no idea how each game is going to go and the like, but bottom line, you know, that's what, that's how we'll sort of play certain things. Just using an example of something that no, you don't have to be a subscriber to have access to live updates from press conferences from myself uh, or the transcript that would come thereafter. But if you are, as an example, that would be something where we would supplement something that we're giving to everybody and would eventually uh, have the full transcript up. And again, you obviously you could, on your own could watch the video uh, of eventually on any number of platforms. But we would supplement it with the quick and direct interaction with you uh, at the time. And again, this will apply to games and game days. This will apply to a regular Tuesday or Wednesday morning during the course of a football season, during the course of a basketball season, signing day with recruiting, you name it. We want this to be an interactive experience. Like I say, the Oregonian College Insider subscription service that we launched today will include lots of things under one umbrella. Uh, that's the exciting part. So we're not we're not doing something piecemeal. We're not asking you to go in multiple different directions. And this is one thing over here, but the text message thing is over here. And no, 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 no. And obviously, the podcast is still the podcast as it stands, and we're going to be doing that uh, very, very frequently uh, here in the days ahead and weeks ahead. Uh, we're going to be picking that up quite a bit. And uh, now that camp is obviously uh, in its final stages and the season is now going to be the thing that we get into each and every day. So, again, lots of things to be excited about. Wanted to give you a little bit by way of context as to what the Oregonian College Insider product and subscription service that we are offering now starting today is, what you're getting for it, and a couple of examples of how the text message service in particular can be interactive that you can take part uh, in not only interacting with myself and Nick Dashiell directly uh, and that we can respond to you directly, but that we can supplement things that we are doing that everybody could see. Uh, we will supplement things that only subscribers will see. If you have a question or feedback on a story that is for uh, Oregonian College Insider subscribers uh, and wish to weigh in on that, or maybe we have some things that just kind of hit the cutting room floor in the editing process uh, and in the course of writing a story that, uh, you know, just a, a great quote or anecdote or something. Um, you name it. 
we'll have all sorts of things that we will certainly supplement our day-to-day coverage of the Ducks and Beavers with uh, via the subtext text messaging service, via the twice-a-week newsletters that are going to be going to subscribers only. So lots that we'll be offering all underneath one umbrella with the Oregonian College Insider that, like I say, wanted to provide a little bit of context for all of that, a little bit of detail for all that, and provide some examples of how this is all going to kind of play on the day today. But if you are already a subscriber, a digital subscriber to Oregon Live, again, thank you very much. You are already included. I believe you'll be receiving some email directives. Uh, If you would also like to sign up for the uh, text message part of our offering, uh, since you are already counted in our subscribers, then I believe you'll be receiving some directives there. If not, certainly feel free to email me directly and I will do, if I can't answer you directly, I will direct your email to the person who can and we will try to rectify it as fast as possible Uh, because, again, we certainly uh, want the text message uh, operation to be something that is really interactive and fun uh, and something that can obviously engage with all of our subscribers. We're going to be, obviously, with this podcast in particular, we're going to be having um, some, whether you call it a mailbag or reader interaction, Q&A, however, whichever terminology you want, a lot, of, a lot, we would hope all of the questions that will come from that will come from the text message uh, group. And those of you who pose the questions there, I will then answer them on the podcast and use it as an interactive feature there uh, and give some shout outs to, to people, obviously, who, who asked those questions there. So again, that's how we're going to make all these various things that we do uh, at the Oregonian and Oregon Live work underneath this new uh, operation and new uh, product offering that we are launching here today. Now, to shift gears into all things uh, ducks from fall camp, as I say, it's now since it is Thursday the 29th, we're now at this point uh, just basically three full weeks. Uh, into this whole thing, which, uh, boy, <laughs> and that's something, <laughs> you know, like, wow, who, who, who to thunk it? Um, just in the sense of, you know, go back a couple of months ago and it certainly did not feel terribly optimistic, uh, when the plug was pulled and Pac-12 sports were on pause, uh, until January one back in August to be on the cusp of the season, uh, if you go back to August, it, not sure too many of us really felt all that confident that we were going to reach this day. That's for sure. Uh, it certainly felt like uh, it was going to be awfully hard to turn back, uh, no matter what public perception and outcry was going to be. Um, there's definitely seemed to be at the time a little bit more uh, kind of acceptance uh, within the Pac-12 footprint of the gravity of the situation and, and certain realities. Uh, while there was certainly a little bit more of a fight inside the Big Ten footprint uh, and league and within those institutions. But as time continued to go on, not only was the securing of rapid daily antigen tests uh, from the Pac-12, which did occur before anybody else, not only did that help shift the conversation uh, in early September, but subsequent things, subsequent data that came out, um, subsequent reporting that was done, 
regarding some of the data that had come out uh, related to myocarditis or related to prevalence at the time back in August uh, in particular and the like. All sorts of situations had occurred. Obviously, we are where we are now. We're three weeks into camp. The Ducks have, uh, yeah, we're basically nine days uh, until the season opener with Stanford. It will be in prime time at 4.30 on ABC. When you have the ABC game, I would say there is a significantly better chance that ESPN's College Game Day could be on site uh, for that game. It is definitely a possibility. I don't want to, I'm certainly not making any promises. I haven't, I haven't heard from anybody at ESPN that that's definitely the case or anything like that. But uh, I would say there's definitely a chance um, that that is the case because of a couple of reasons. One, uh, the Pac 12 kicks off on that weekend, and Fox's big noon kickoff uh, pregame show will be at the LA Coliseum for Arizona State at USC. And that's going to be a 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific game, but because it's a noon Eastern game, uh, certainly going to be the showcase. And with Fox and the television partner that uh, they are uh, broadcasting from the Pac-12, I don't think ESPN wants to be uh, alone in that regard. I don't think they want Fox to be alone in that regard, for one. Two, if you look at the schedule uh, which on November the seventh, and uh, while it is certainly a, the most full slate of games uh, that will be on the docket yet, uh, as the Pac-12 returns, there are not a lot of games on that Saturday that present really truly massive appeal. And when you know that the primetime broadcast for ABC, where Fowler and Herb Street are going to be on site. If Herb Street is going to be broadcasting from Otson Stadium, which I say if because he has done it remotely uh, during the course of the season, uh, I believe at least once. Um, but if he's going to be on site due to the pandemic and due to just certain travel difficulties, I would think they would try to lean as much as possible towards minimizing his travel. Well, with that in mind and with the fact that it's the launch of the Pac-12 season – and the fact that Oregon is a team, probably one of the only two teams from the Pac-12 who could at least make an argument for a college football playoff berth. Having said all those things, I do think there is a chance that ESPN's college name day comes to Watson Stadium on the morning of November the 7th, albeit there won't be any fanfare. There won't be any zero fanfare. Uh, there won't be any fans. <laughs> so, But we've seen that already throughout the course of the season. That's happened. But when you look at the rest of the slate, there aren't a lot of other great options. The one exception to that rule being, of course, that Clemson is playing at Notre Dame, and that is a currently, as it's slated, a top-four matchup. Two things, though. One, that game is on NBC. Now, in and of itself, that would not preclude ESPN from going there. But that is a factor. The other, which I think is the more significant, is this. ESPN has already gone, Game Day has already gone, to two Clemson games this season, both on the road. They went to Miami. They went to Wake Forest. I don't think Game Day is going to go to a third Clemson game, even when it's a top-five matchup at Notre Dame. I don't see that happening. I could be wrong. I certainly am not in the privy of uh, those conversations, but I would be a bit surprised if they did that and then had 
Kirk Herb Street fly from South Bend in, you know, basically at what would be 11 a.m., I believe, uh, give or take, uh, 11 a.m. or 11.30, somewhere in that ballpark after the broadcast, uh, and then fly out to the West Coast uh, for a game in prime time. He would certainly have the time to do it. That said, I, I'm not convinced that that would be the case, given that they've already gone to a couple of Clemson games, and this is the Pac-12 opener, and it's the site of the ABC primetime broadcast. And Fox is also going to be broadcasting its pregame show from the Pac-12 footprint uh, on the same day. I think there's a lot of factors that fall in favor uh, of the possibility of game day coming to Hudson and a place that uh, they do love coming uh, to. Obviously, they also love it when fans are here, but, you know, can't have everything uh, in 2020. If, if, boy, if, if, if you've learned a lesson from 2020, it's <laughs> you can't you most definitely can't have everything. That's for sure. Um, again, some of the only other options on the schedule would be uh, possibly, possibly, uh, Cincinnati hosting Houston, but that seems like a little bit of a stretch. Georgia and Florida, but again, when you're talking about Herb Street potentially flying uh, cross-country, it doesn't really seem all that plausible. Michigan and Indiana, as that game has certainly taken on a new life, as Indiana uh, post, you know, posting a terrific win over Penn State kind of changes the dynamic there a little bit. Uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, I suppose, is also a possibility. Uh, on that day. So again, there's a few options. I'm not saying it's like a a absolute lock that game day is going to be coming to Otson on the 7th, but with the primetime broadcast on ABC, I do think it is certainly um, a better chance. So as far as the outside fanfare, and in so much as one can possibly have in 2020 when fans aren't going to be allowed in the stadiums, that's about as good a setting as you can ask for for your season opener if you're Oregon. I mean, you're entering the season with some hype, um, not only as a team, but because of the nature of the game and the opponent you open the season with. You know, the next couple of weeks after that, to be honest, you know, it's going to lack a little bit of punch by way of, you know, national spotlight because going to Pullman, that's not necessarily going to draw a ton of an audience, no matter which network ends up getting it, no matter what time the game ends up being. Washington State's not the team that it was uh, at its peak. Hosting UCLA, I know I heard from Ducks fans the day the schedule was announced about the disappointment of that, even though it made all the sense in the world. Yeah, it's a Friday night, but it's 7.30, so it's a Pac-12 after dark Friday night game. Even if it's crazy entertaining, it doesn't mean that it's going to have a huge audience necessarily on November the 20th. Obviously, the rivalry game with Oregon State on the 27th, the day after Thanksgiving could certainly be uh, rather interesting. Uh, always, always a, a heated rivalry, uh, but nevertheless, there's going to be, from the Ducks' perspective, as they're trying to be in the national conversation in late November and into December, and hope to go six and zero and go into a championship game at six and zero, go seven and zero in the season, and give yourself a shot for the college football playoff. The opener with Stanford is going to be a big statement opportunity. The following few weeks is going to be games that, quite frankly, the Ducks are going to be favored by multiple scores in probably all of the following three games. And then they'll get into December, and, hey, you see what the national landscape looks like. You see what, first off, where is Cal in the standings at that point? They'll have played four games. Is the trip to Berkeley a matchup of two 4-0 teams? Is it a 4-0 team and a 3-1 team, a 2-2 team? 
you know, how is things kind of fallen at that point? Uh, and what's, how are things shaking out? We'll know, obviously, uh, before Oregon even opens the season, whether or not USC or Arizona state has won that season opener, which is arguably the biggest game in the South division. And it's happening at 9 a.m. Pacific on November the 7th. So a very, very big game. But is that indeed the case? Or has Utah managed to reload far faster uh, and fill a lot more spots than most of us expect? Even a program that is built on reloading and proven to be capable of it, will they be able to do it when they're replacing as many players as they are, particularly on the defensive side of the football and at the major skill positions uh, at quarterback and running back on the offensive side? So that'll be fascinating. But we'll know that by the time we get into December. And at that point, if the Ducks are in December and they're 4-0 going into Berkeley, they've given themselves the best shot. Again, you see what the national landscape looks like. If they can get through this schedule at 6-0, it's certainly possible. Again, they're going to be favored in every one of these games, uh, barring something truly highly unusual or some unbelievable level of disruption uh, roster-wise heading into a game or something. That's really the only way I could really see this team getting tripped up along the way. But having said all of that, we know it's still college football. You take nothing for granted. Now, into camp and some of the personnel uh, hashings out that still have to be done, we know at the quarterback position there is still competition. Mario Cristobal saying earlier this week, uh, in essence, that he thinks it's probably a bigger deal on the outside, uh, the naming of a starter, than it is internally. Uh, I appreciate the line from Mario there. Um, but that said, Naming a starter a quarterback is an awfully big deal, yes. And it's not just externally that that's the case. Team has to know who its starter is. It is an important role. And obviously, um, you can be confident in both of these guys. And if ever there was a year where a backup quarterback was a very important role to have on a team, it's 2020. But with that said, uh, this team, every team, needs to know who its starter is. It needs to know who its leader is on the field. And it can have all the confidence in the world in the backup, too. But it needs to know who its starting quarterback is. And at this point, I do believe that Tyler Shuck will be that guy on November the 7th. Hey, look, we'll, we'll see. It's still nine days away. Uh, but I do think he'll be that guy. Otherwise, at the skill positions on offense, the Ducks are not going to see much by way of turnover. Uh, even though, you know, yes, they lost a couple of guys. They didn't lose anybody a running back. They gained. Uh, and when you have not just arguably, definitively, the best returning running back in the league in C.J. Verdell, uh, who when healthy is one of the most effective running backs in the country. That gives you a major weapon uh, to use on the offensive side of the ball. Then Johnny Johnson, the third, third leading receiver, returning receiver in the Pac-12 conference is Johnny Johnson. He had a great season last year, bouncing back from a rough 2018. If he can build on that, not in the gross number, uh, of receiving yards considering it's a shorter season but if he can average more yards per game then certainly uh, that would be quite the way for him to potentially finish his career remember the eligibility clock is paused for everybody so even the seniors you can't say with absolute certainty that this is their last run uh, they could return if they so desired elsewhere Micah Pittman Jalen Red. the returning players who were major contributors uh, those are the guys who you expect to see at the skilled positions Across the offensive line, things still have to get sorted out a little bit. It sounded like uh, Stephen Jones is, uh, has returned from what sounded like some kind of undisclosed uh, minor injury or ailment 
Um, so not sure exactly what transpired there, but sounds like he's back. Otherwise, uh, he certainly is not just in the thick of the competition. I'd say he's almost a mortal lock uh, to start at one of the tackle positions. Uh, I would surmise it would be at left tackle, but uh, I could be wrong. Perhaps it's at right tackle, but I would think it's at left tackle. TJ Bass, the junior college transfer, it sounds as though he has certainly uh, proven himself in a hurry uh, of being capable of taking over for Shane Lemieux at left guard. He was already being compared by Mario Cristobal to Shane Lemieux, which that is a very, very lofty praise uh, for any player uh, to be coming in and be getting that praise uh, for somebody who played as well as Shane did throughout his college career and started the amount of games that he did for the program. But TJ Bass earning that praise in a hurry. Alex Forsyth is definitely going to be a starter on this team. He has been at the center position from spring throughout fall camp. It certainly sounds like he will be the successor to Jake Hansen at center. Then on the right side of the line, I think we've got a couple of parts uh, for two open spots where 60-year senior George Moore is in the running at right tackle, where Malasala Amavai Laulu is in the mix at both right guard and right tackle, and where redshirt junior Ryan Walk, uh, walk on or not, uh, has very much proven himself in practice and could certainly be in the mix, particularly at the right guard position. So I think it could be a little bit of musical chairs. I think it could be, um, look, we saw this team last year operate with essentially six starters. Can't say that's outside the realm of possibility, uh, particularly in 2020, where they could go in that direction again uh, and possibly go back and forth. So we will see. Uh, but I think the offensive line is down to mainly six primary guys. And then there's obviously lots and lots of contingencies along the way. To go to the defensive side of the depth chart, obviously the defensive line is basically chiseled in stone with the Kayvon Thibodeau, Austin Value, Jordan Scott, Mace Funa all returning. That is a significant group of talent on the defensive front four. Of course, that stud position, a little bit of a hybrid spot, so it could be three down with a upright lineman at the stud, but be that as may, uh, that is quite the quartet of talent. And by the way, it's not like that's all top-heavy when the number two defensive tackle uh, rotation at D-tackle and nose tackle is Popo Amavai and uh, Brandon Dorless. This team has got ample depth uh, at the interior defensive tackle spots, at the outside spots at end and stud and Sam linebacker. The Ducks have edge rushers and a pretty healthy stock of them. Uh, so that's going to be certainly a fascinating position to watch this fall, in particular on the defense. At the linebacker position, Isaac Slade Matuatia is going to be moving over to the weak side uh, from the middle linebacker spot. The weak side linebacker is one of the critical positions in the entire defense. It was the position that Troy Dye played so well last season. It is a bit more downhill than the middle linebacker position. Uh, now, Isaac was the best coverage linebacker in the country last season, uh, led the country in pass breakups among linebackers, tied for the lead uh, with 11 pass breakups among linebackers at the FBS level. So he can certainly drop into coverage. The weak side linebacker is asked to drop into coverage as well, but does play a bit more downhill than the middle linebacker position does a bit more. Uh, so he moves over there. Justin Flo, one of the five-star freshmen behind him at the middle linebacker position. Senior Drew Mathis has ascended and quickly proven himself 
capable of being the starter there. Uh, he is ahead at the moment of five-star freshman, also Noah Sewell, uh, at the middle linebacker spot. So, one, appreciate the fact that you've got two returning veteran players uh, at those two inside linebacker spots. And two, you certainly know and recognize and see that the two inside linebacker spots for the future of Flo and Sewell are going to be really, really significant players. Uh, and I think we will all see that in a hurry. Uh, we don't get the benefit of a non-conference schedule. These players don't get to dip their proverbial toes in the sand uh, and in the water to see and get a feel for things. It's going to be uh, live ammunition immediately, uh, proverbially speaking, in terms of, hey, you know, the games are going to count and be extremely, extremely important. Every play is going to be very important. So we'll see exactly how fast the freshmen are going to take the field. But at the two inside linebacker spots, uh, you can bet the house uh, that Justin Flo and Noah Sewell are going to be immediate contributors uh, and immediate factors on this defense. At the strong side spot where Lamar Winston Jr. played last season, Adrian Jackson Jr. taking over there. He has been heralded for his pass rush ability this fall camp uh, and you know, in the same breath with Kayvon Thibodeau and Mace Funa, uh, including from those players themselves. So Adrian Jackson uh, coming off that foot injury last year. He's back, and it sounds like he's back with a vengeance. In the secondary, where obviously the Ducks lost significant, significant pieces in Javon Holland, Brady Breeze, uh, Thomas Graham Jr., and the Amado Lenore before he chose to return. The Ducks still down three major starters. However, they knew and were planning for these departures after this fall. Obviously, they wish their teammates the best and the best in their pursuits going forward as they shift gears towards focusing on preparing for the draft. Having said that, this team still had ample depth to replace all those three stars in the secondary. For one, Lenore comes back. That certainly helps the cause. But Nick Pickett, a returning starter and senior at boundary safety. Verone McKinley III, a returning starter at field safety as a redshirt sophomore. And Michael Wright was heavily in the rotation by the end of the season at field corner behind Thomas Graham Jr. And at times uh, when Lenore went down or would go out, Graham would slide over to the boundary and Wright would take over at the field and they go that way. So he had seen significant snaps, significant reps, obviously is also a major weapon on special teams. So he is in line to start as a sophomore, uh, showcased his ability last season. This team has got some weapons still in the secondary, has depth behind that group of starters. Whether you want to talk about a graduate senior transfer from Boise State and Jordan Happel uh, at field safety. A junior college transfer in Bennett Williams, who started his career at Illinois at field safety as well. And both of them also in the mix at nickel. And I forgot to even mention at nickel, one of the most important positions, perhaps the most important position in the whole defense. Jamal Hill, sophomore, heralded immediately throughout the first week and a half, two weeks of camp. We heard Jamal Hill's name almost on a daily basis for making plays, interceptions, pass breakups, running with the starters, and absolutely emerging as one of the major contributors of this team. So you talk about having to replace a Troy Dye. You talk about having to replace a Javon Holland. You talk about having to replace a Brady Breeze. You talk about having to replace a Bryson Young and the way he finished things last season. And how does Oregon counter 
with all that, or and a Thomas Graham Jr. for that matter. How does Oregon counter with all that? And they say, well, Drew Mathis got his feet wet last season uh, behind Die, and he'll take over at the middle linebacker spot. But we also have these two five-star freshmen who are going to contribute and we think we'll be just fine there. Oh, uh, at cornerback, Michael Wright was already getting some work. He was going to take over for Graham after the season. Now it just happens to be this season. Here's his opportunity. Jamal Hill, he was the backup to Holland last year uh, at nickel. Now he's ready for his opportunity. So it's college sports, folks. Guys leave. In this case, it comes amid unusual circumstances, but guys leave. Younger guys get their opportunity. They step up. Are there also the possibility of transfers, whether a grad transfer, JUCO transfer, whatever the case is, to step in? Sure. But ultimately, it's about opportunity for younger guys more often than not. Oregon already had those guys waiting in the wings to take over. And that doesn't even, again, include a Mace Funa at stud end who takes over for Bryson Young. And the way Bryson Young finished the season, uh, a terrific performance. So the Ducks have ample depth there. Uh, they have lots of answers at the positions that were vacant and open. Still some things, like I say, to sort out, perhaps along the offensive line, but it doesn't sound like uh, a ton, to be honest. It sounds like maybe one uh, major role, and it may be down to three guys for two spots uh, or two guys for one spot. And, again, this is a team who used six starters basically last year, so don't think that that's going to necessarily be uh, too prohibitive. So that is some of the overarching themes so far fall camp we will certainly see in the days ahead uh, when the starting quarterback is named how that goes now we'll see when the depth charges release what the starting offensive line is and we will be coming back to you with updates after uh, many of these things in the days ahead uh, and during game weeks and post games and again uh, certainly interacting with you uh, via the new text message uh, service to our Oregonian College Insider subscribers. Again, for those of you uh, who missed that earlier on uh, for any reason, uh, went into that a little bit in detail. But again, certainly check that out. We're going to be offering uh, lots of uh, written word content. Certainly lots of our stories uh, will be there. Uh, there will be also plenty of coverage that is uh, to non-subscribers as well, but uh, some of our biggest and best stuff will certainly be dedicated to our subscri- uh, subscriber audience. The text message service is going to be real. We really hope that's going to be very, very interactive um, and lead to uh, just a, a lot of consistent conversation uh, with you. And again, that's direct messages and direct texts where you're sending it to us. We get it on the back end and we can respond to you directly. It's not going to be in a giant group setting where, you know, your phone's going to go off, you know, 500,000 times uh, because, you know, you text and uh, 20, 20 other people text and whatever. No, 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 no. You text, goes to us. We text, it goes to you. Uh, and, again, we will be providing you with periodic updates throughout the day, directing you to stories, posing questions on game days, giving you our thoughts uh, before a game, halftime, after a game, before a press conference, after a press conference, uh, and the like. So, again, that should be a really interactive uh, component of all of this. Really looking forward to that. Uh, and the newsletters, uh, because we certainly know that there's a good number of uh, readers who enjoy getting those in their email box uh, and getting some blurbs uh, and takeaways in there that are also a bit unique. Uh, even compared to some of the other content. But those newsletters are going to be exclusive to the subscribers as well. So we got lots to offer. Check out that product as we launch that 
today here on this Thursday. Number one. Number two, if you're already a subscriber, again, thank you very much. Uh, you should be getting some email directives. An Oregonian digital subscriber, full digital subscriber, that is, uh, getting some email directives about how to subscribe, how to add the uh, text message service at uh, no cost to you. And uh, for those of you who have obviously just listened and uh, haven't done either one of those things yet, be on the lookout for it, number one. And number two, uh, we look forward to having you here with us as well in the days and weeks ahead and uh, on the other side of things. But uh, again, I appreciate everybody who's uh, part of the very active uh, fan base of the Ducks and uh, sends emails and direct messages and those things. But we really now uh, will be channeling you over to uh, our Oregonian College Insider uh, product offering uh, and the text message component there because the interaction with that, uh, we certainly don't want to shortchange anybody there uh, and want that to be uh, an interactive uh, and and great community uh, with fans uh, and myself and Nick Daschle uh, and the rest. So appreciate everybody. Wanted to give you lots of context there. Wanted to give you a little bit of uh, overarching updates. And we will come back soon uh, with another edition of Ducks Confidential and uh, with more updates from camp, whether that be the formal naming of a starting quarterback, whether that be uh, the depth chart release, which should come on Monday. uh, And the latest day today, we will bring that to you probably on, if not a daily basis, now that the season will be starting, a couple day a week basis at the least. So, again, appreciate all of you. We'll hear it. And be with you again soon.